0: But for now, I am about to become your personal hype woman because it is my purpose to empower and I hope to do the same for you. Today's episode is about something that makes the world go around and that is money. What is your relationship like with money? I've had a turbulent relationship with money in the past and it probably wasn't until maybe like a year ago that I decided that I was just done with my own shit, and I started figuring that out. So let's have a talk about it. Before I carry on though, I just need to preface this episode by saying that I am definitely not a financial advisor, I'm just someone who's been sorting your shit out when it comes to money and finances, and I want to share some things that I found helpful with you guys. So what is it about money? Why does it matter so much? Money is the leading cause of stress for adults. Arguing about money in a relationship has been found to be the number one predictor of whether a couple gets divorced. And as we know, financial wellness and a healthy relationship with money is of significant importance when it comes to considering our general well-being and life satisfaction. Our relationship with money is formed by our observations and the role that money has in our lives from childhood. Factors such as culture, religion, gender, family upbringing and education are all connected to the way that we relate to money and researchers found that our money habits are more or less set by the time we turn seven years old. When we're looking at the relationship that we each have with money, it's good to start asking ourselves some questions such as, where do my money values come from? Are they inherited or have I formed them later in life? What emotions arise for me when the topic of money comes up? Does money make me feel secure and confident or does it make me feel anxious? Do I have a pattern of recurring thoughts that arise when I interact with money? Do I have a history of making good decisions financially or not? And if not, why? Do I avoid dealing with issues related to money or am I disciplined or impulsive when it comes to making decisions about money? If any of these questions made you feel uncomfortable, it might mean that you need to reevaluate the relationship that you have with money. Financial health contributes to overall health and our quality of life, so it's really important that you figure it out. I want to start with my money story. My relationship with money over my lifetime so far has changed depending on my circumstances. My parents are amazing with money and I think a lot of that comes down to my dad because he is the most responsible person I have ever met in my whole life. But my parents had me a lot later in life. My dad was 48, my mum was 36. They owned the house that I grew up in that they still live in today. In fact, for as long as I can remember, our home has been mortgage-free, and this isn't because my parents earn big salaries or because we won the lotto, it's because they've worked hard their whole lives and have made responsible financial decisions. And because, and I've spoken about this before, I was essentially raised as an only child because my brothers are a lot older and I was pretty spoiled as a kid. I'm so blessed to have been raised under those circumstances because I realize not everyone is granted that luxury. And I pretty much stayed at home until I was 23, excluding my first year at the University of Auckland when I lived in the halls. But I don't really count that because I lost independence moving to the halls. But that's a story for another day. Basically, I was really lucky. I always had an allowance as a kid. I got my first job at 15 and I had actually quit rowing so that I could get a job and earn some money. All I ever wanted was to be independent, to not have to rely on my parents for money. If I wanted to go out and I wanted to do something, so getting a job was a priority for me as a teenager. By the time I turned 17, I was working two part-time jobs on top of school, which I took really seriously. So I had a retail job, and then I also worked in hospitality, pretty much because I just liked having disposable income to fund my lifestyle at that stage, which was well beyond that of a a standard 17-year-old, I guess. Between the ages of about 20 up to 23, I was kind of living in this skewed reality, right? Whereby I had gone through university, I'd graduated, I'd been admitted to the bar. I had started working my first full-time job with a full-time income, which was amazing. And I thought I was living the dream, despite hating my job. But again, that's another story for another day. I thought I was living the dream. Even though I was on like a grad salary at a private law firm, which was less than half of what I get paid now. But it never occurred to me that I actually wasn't living like a proper grown up because I didn't actually have any bills to pay beyond my phone bill and petrol. My parents never made me pay board or contribute to any bills at home. So I was a very lucky girl And I was out getting my eyelashes done and having massages and getting facials and going shopping for clothes pretty much every week because I had so much disposable income. And I really thought that that was like the adult experience. I traveled frequently and I had a lot of money saved up from growing up and saving my allowance. But I was quite happy to spend that on fun trips, probably because I was so miserable like in my normal life, but I didn't want to admit that then. It's so painful for me to acknowledge this, but on my 22nd birthday, I flew to Sydney for a night on my own to go shopping, and I thought it was just the coolest thing ever. And I was like, yeah, I'm so spontaneous. And everyone was like, me, you always go and do these fun trips. And I used to think... People wanted to live this life that I was living and I just had zero perspective of the financial consequences of these stupid things. And don't get me wrong, it was an awesome trip. Every time I traveled, it was a really good time and I learned something new, but it was totally unnecessary. I just really thought that I was invincible. And like I was a baller and that money seriously just grew on trees and it would just create more of itself. What I didn't know then, but obviously what I know now is that the reason I actually had so much money was because I didn't have any bills to pay. I even got a credit card, not because I needed it, but because the bank told me that I needed one for my credit rating in order to buy a house in the future, which was now I realize a total scam because I live in New Zealand and not America, but I did that. And then there was more money that was available to me that I could spend without being intentional or thoughtful about it. I think I was also so used to just being comfortable when it came to money because of the upbringing that I had. So, like, for example, if I'd go out shopping with my mum and mum couldn't decide between one thing in different colours, like one top in different colours, she would just get one of each of the colours because she couldn't decide. And that is by no means any fault of my mother because good on her, she's a growing woman and she pays her bills and she can afford to do that. But the problem was that I then thought that was normal. So if you couldn't make a decision about anything, you just get everything. That habit was manageable when I had enough disposable income to support that lifestyle. But when that changed, the reality check hit and it hit hard. When I moved out of home and keeping in mind that I had never really done it before and I moved to Hawke's Bay to live in a seaside one bedroom apartment at 450 dollars a week and rent on my own and I have to start paying electricity and internet bills as well as my phone bill and then I realized that I had been living a total fallacy. I was even more confused because the pay was significantly higher in the new role that I had up here in Hawke's Bay than I was ever getting paid back in Christchurch. And so I thought I was going to have even more disposable income than I was used to, but I really hadn't factored in the actual cost of being completely independent. It soon became very apparent to me that I couldn't live the way that I'd been living back at home. I had a $10,000 limit on my credit card. I spent all of it without any understanding of the consequences of having to pay that off and how long it would take to actually pay that off. And it took a long time. I've had the credit card under control for almost a year now. I'm about to close that account and cut it up and I'm never going to get another one again because I just don't want it anymore and it doesn't align with my financial goals now. I remember for a little while there there was like a time that I just actively did not check my bank statements. I didn't want to see what was going on. I didn't want to know what was going on. I didn't want to see... Where my money was going, or how I was spending it, or how much I was spending, or how much I had left to spend, because it all just made me so uncomfortable. I was actively living in denial over my spending habits, which were now totally out of control. And I was also just ashamed. I felt like a massive failure because I knew that my parents sort of had a bit of an idea about what was going on for me financially. And they were always financially responsible and yet here I was being excessive for no reason and look where it got me. I was like constantly asking myself, why can't I just be responsible like them? And don't get me wrong, it wasn't like the end of the world. I certainly did not get myself into a financial crisis or huge personal debt that would just be impossible to pay off. But if I continued heading in the direction that I was going, I would have ended up there. Now that I look back on that whole situation, I'm like, oh my God, honestly, the thought of putting myself in that space scares the shit out of me because I just remember how anxious I was constantly, all the time, from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to bed, all I was thinking about was money, but I was totally living in denial about it as well, and I definitely didn't want to know what was actually happening in my bank account. It really just got to a point where I had to just get over myself and realize that this dysfunctional relationship that I had with money was going to destroy my life if I let it keep consuming me. And I certainly was not going to become the woman that I wanted to be as someone who actually managed money the right way if I didn't sort my shit out. So I just had to fix that relationship and I had to do it relatively quickly. So that's sort of like the start of my money story. Now I'm in a completely different position. But what I want to talk about is how to fix your relationship with money. I'll cover some of the things that really helped me. But generally, in order to transform the relationship that we have with money, we need to assess what it looks like at the moment, what our values are, what our habits are, what our thoughts are when it comes to money. And think about how we want to change these things and create a plan. Firstly, we need to acknowledge that there's a problem, and I feel like I say this all the time when it comes to improving any situation that you're in, but the very first step is that you need to acknowledge that you have a problem. That was hard for me, like I say, I was seriously living in denial, refusing to look at my bank statements, just trying to ignore the fact that I was super anxious about what was going on with my money. If I didn't change anything, I knew I was going to fall deeper into that dark hole and it was going to take me even longer to get out. So, before you get to that breaking point, you need to figure out if something needs to change. Next, you need to decide what your financial goals are, both short and long term. And this is totally up to you. Do you want to buy a house? If so, when and where? Because location is a significant factor when it comes to house prices in New Zealand. So, think about these things if it's going to be one of your goals. Do you want to move cities or move countries? If so, how much money do you want to save so that you can do this comfortably and so that you can resettle and get everything you need without worrying about financials? What do you want your salary to look like in five years time or 10 years time? Are you thinking about starting a family and wondering how much money you should have put aside for this? Are you thinking about retirement? What does your KiwiSaver look like? Do you want to go for a big overseas trip? Obviously not at the moment, no thanks to COVID, but at some point, do you want to have money ready so that as soon as those borders open, you can go and have the trip of a lifetime? Do you want to pay off your afterpay debt or your credit card debt so that you can close those accounts? Do you want to pay off your mortgage or have you almost paid off your student loan? If you already own a home, are you considering an investment property? These are all things that you need to think about, and it's totally up to you what your financial goals are, both short and long term. Once you narrow these down, you can determine the next steps that you need to take to achieve them. You may need to make some sacrifices, but the only way to figure out how big or small those sacrifices need to be is figuring out what your goals are in the first place. Next, I suggest printing out your bank statement and going through it with a fine-tooth comb to figure out where all your money is going. This is for brave people only because this exercise is confronting. It sucks to realize how mindless a lot of our transactions can be and it's even easier to buy things without really thinking about it now that we've got PayWave. So I suggest doing this exercise with a few different highlighters. One for needs spending, one for wants spending. I also include one for food spending because I spend a lot of money on food and one for Things that you're wasting money on. As confronting and uncomfortable your results may be, it's the undeniable way to figure out where it is that you need to cut down on your spending. Next, set a budget. I don't know why I always felt like budget was an ugly word. I didn't like the idea of a budget because I felt like it was stopping me from living freely without being controlled which is very on brand for me, Um, but then I realized that if I keep doing what I want to do without a budget or keeping track of my spending, I would quite literally ruin my own life. So I got over myself and now I'm saying it's really important to set a budget. There are different ways to do it and it depends on your lifestyle, income, circumstances and financial goals. I personally have my budget on an Excel spreadsheet on my Mac It's easily accessible for me, I can update it easily, and it very clearly sets out my yearly income versus yearly expenses so that I can keep track at any given time. I know that other people find budgeting apps helpful, everyone is different, I'm always on my computer so it makes sense for me to have an Excel spreadsheet, but if you aren't always on your computer then maybe an app on your phone will work for you. One thing to remember always is that your relationship with money is yours, My relationship with money and the way that I manage my money will look different to you as it should. There's no right way to manage your finances. It's just however it works for you. I also have a Word document that has all of the direct debits and automatic payments that come out of my accounts outlined on it so I know what they are and when I can expect them to come out. I used to hate when money would randomly come out of my account and I'd have less money than I thought I did because an AP or a direct debit came out. So now I'm all over them and I know what payments are due to come out and when. I'm also like a huge organizer, so I'm obsessed with this because it works for me. But if it doesn't work for you, don't do it. Also, you could definitely do this in Excel as well, I guess. But to be honest, I don't actually know how to use Excel. I just have this budget template that I downloaded off the internet that was pretty much done for me and I can add numbers to it. But that's as far as my Excel skills go. So I will leave that up to you. Next is look at paying off your debts ASAP. If you have any kind of debt, whether it be credit card, loans, personal loans, whatever it is, try to pay it off as quickly as possible. If you have a few debts, focus on paying off the one with the highest interest rate and work your way down. The sooner that you can get your debts paid off, the better your financial position. An exception to this in New Zealand, I think, is student loans. I've got a student loan that started at about 65K, now it's sitting at around 47. Um, but I'm not too worried about it because repayments automatically come out of my salary each fortnight and student loans are interest free at the moment as long as you are living in New Zealand. As long as they stay interest free, there's not really a need to rush to pay it off. You aren't being penalized for that debt and there's also no incentive to pay it off any quicker. Further to this point, try not to take on any extra debt if possible. Try not to purchase anything unless you can actually afford it in cash. And I know that's very rich of me to say. But paying interest on anything means that you're actually paying more than what you should really be paying for it in the first place. So unless you really need something urgently, like a car due to unforeseen circumstances, I strongly advocate against taking on avoidable debt, especially when it's accruing interest, excluding purchasing property. Because for most of us, mortgages are a necessary evil, but houses are high value investments long term. This also means try not to use buy now, pay later schemes like Afterpay, Zip, Hum. I've recently cancelled my Afterpay account and it makes a huge difference when you aren't thinking about how much of your pay you need to dedicate to your Afterpay account each pay cycle. I highly recommend working towards closing your account if you can. And again, I realise I'm saying all these things like I don't have Afterpay and I don't have a credit card and it's really easy for me to say because I'm in the situation now where I don't need to rely on these mechanisms. But trust me, my ability to cancel these accounts were the result of a commitment that I made months ago, the credit card years ago. I paid things off slowly at a manageable rate, and now I get to enjoy the consequences of that, so expect it to take a little while, especially if you've got a bit to pay off. That's okay, it's totally worth it once you do it. Next, set up automatic payments to your accounts. APs are a big one. I am actually a control freak. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. So I don't use them as much as I think would probably be helpful for me. But I know that a really good way to start managing your finances is by setting up a whole bunch of automatic payments with the idea that all of your APs are set up to go to your various accounts like savings or rent or bills or mortgage automatically. So they're on payday or the day after, depending on when the pay actually lands in your account, your money goes where it needs to be without you needing to think about it or see it especially seeing it being available to spend. Like I say, I'm a control freak. So as soon as I get paid, I am on my accounts and moving money all over the place. And I enjoy doing that at the moment. But if I ever get sick of doing that and I want to save some time and some energy, I will be setting up my own AP system. What bank are you with now and why? A lot of us stay with the banks that our parents set up our first bank account with just for convenience, My first bank account was with Westpac, and while I was open to changing banks when it came to buying my house, it turned out that Westpac actually ended up giving me the best deal for interest rates and lending. So I retained my account with Westpac, and I have my mortgage with Westpac. However, since I have sorted out how I want to manage my money, I have also opened up accounts with BNZ. The reason being, I have a friend that was once showing me her BNZ app and I loved how she could open up all of these different accounts really easily for different things, which was helpful for her budgeting. And the Westpac app didn't have that capability, so my Westpac accounts are for my income, all my direct debits and automatic payments for bills and my emergency account. My BNZ accounts are for spending as per my budget and the only debit card that I use is connected to those BNZ accounts. Something else to consider if you're wanting to keep a bit of money in a bank savings account, which is something I generally don't do, like for big amounts of money or money that I don't plan on using in a little while because I would rather invest that. But if you do want to keep money in a savings account for whatever reason, I suggest that you do some research into which banks have the best return interest rates for savings accounts. The return isn't great, which is why personally I would rather invest, but... If you are looking to do it, find the best interest rates, shop around. Also just a few other tips, cook at home, limit takeaway food because it is way more expensive to eat out than it is to cook a meal at home, especially when it's more than one mouth that you're feeding. Have an emergency fund, it's really important that you're regularly putting money away into an emergency fund. Up to you how much you want to keep in there, whether it's $1,000 or others like for it to be at least three months' worth of all income and expenses. But the one thing we're trying to avoid with an emergency fund is ending up in a situation where you are desperate to leave, but you can't because of the financial strain that it would cause. This is the point. This is why you need an emergency fund. Also, I suggest educating yourself, reading up on finance books, actively working on building your financial literacy and your budgeting skills. I feel like you're halfway there anyway because you're listening to this episode, which is awesome. But I've always felt a lot more inspired to sort out my shit financially when I've been consuming this kind of content. Educating yourself also means looking into investments if this is something that you are interested in. And there are different ways to invest. Like for me, for example, most of my investments are tied up in my house and on shares Whereas my partner has his tied up in crypto, so each to their own, and I will do another episode about that at some point. Also very important, we need to normalise conversations about money, especially in your household. Like We didn't talk about it too much growing up, but I feel like that was because it was never really an issue, at least as far as I could gauge as a kid, but these conversations are valuable. It's also important to be with someone who has similar financial goals to you. Differing financial values are obviously a huge factor when it comes to divorce rates. And if you aren't on the same page as your partner when it comes to anything related to money, you may have a bit of a problem. For example, if you're someone who has a lot of big focused financial goals, but you're with someone who is not interested in saving money and lives paycheck to paycheck and doesn't care to change that lifestyle, there is a very obvious conflict in values at play. Normalizing conversations about money allows space for robust dialogue from which we can all learn a little bit more. The more informed that we are, the better informed our decisions will be. And lastly, if you're still not sure about where to start or what's going on with your money, then I suggest going and seeing someone who's actually qualified to help you being a financial advisor. The other professionals, I'm not one, obviously, but there are plenty around, so jump on Google and have a look if you are interested. On that note, I will love you and leave you. This episode was super long and I actually tried cutting it down, but there was just so much that I think was valuable and I wanted to get it out for you. Um, Anyways, I've got a dog running around my feet wanting some attention, so I'm going to go and give my Stormy some loving. And please make sure you do something extra special for yourself today. Take care of yourself. There's only one you. Have an awesome day.